Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. Welcome to another episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Chris Rude. Uh, Chris, uh, for people who don't know who you are, let's do a bit of an intro, maybe a little bit of story, give a bit of a background to who you are, and then uh, we'll jump into it. Well, I won't bore people with the <laughs> long version. I'll just give you the 50,000 foot view. Um, entrepreneur, just like all the rest of you knuckleheads that probably watch this, yeah. hard-headed, very driven, stubborn, um, unemployable. I got the feel of that. I met Chris down in uh, in Cape Coral when I was down there. I'm actually doing a, a bunch of interviews with the people who were down there. It was such a such an elite group that it, I'm like, yeah, let's 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 do it. Let's let's get them all on, right? So you get into those masterminds, and there's uh, uh, you can feed off each other. It, it's hundred percent. It's great. Yeah. No, I mean, no, iron sharpens iron. I mean, it, it's I go to masterminds probably not kidding you one or two a month sometimes, and um, the, the, the amount of knowledge I pick up, it's not like major things, like it's one or two like little nuggets that I just don't know, right? And like I'm, I implemented my company and it increases revenue or might help make a, a couple hundred thousand more just from those simple tidbit nuggets of stuff you just don't know. Yep, totally get it. And sometimes it's even a refresher, it's stuff I do know and I just wasn't thinking about it. Yep. Chris, so I, I follow you on Facebook and I've been seeing a lot of your posts, right? And you know, I, I feel like a lot of people's strategy is changing now. Um, what are you doing now and why? Like, I know that there's a lot of, uh, you know, raising interest rates, a lot of inflation. Uh, there's a lot of stuff back in here. And I, I know everyone's kind of repositioning a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm taking some chips off the table for sure. I got a pretty large portfolio, mobile home parks, Airbnbs, um, not very many single family homes. I own some apartment complexes too. Yeah. Um, we're taking some chips off the table. Anything that we don't want to keep the next five, 10 years, that's maybe old, older product or stuff. I just, like I said, wouldn't plan on keeping the next five, 10 years with selling. Cause I mean, never in world history have we had so much. And I, I think, if, I think it's worse than, than the seventies uh, during the uh, Nixon era. Right. And with that said, we may not ever see another opportunity like this in our lifetimes, right? I mean, the last time there was an opportunity like this, we had such soaring inflation, I wasn't even born. I was born in 81. I think when this happened, it was the mid late seventies when Nixon was in. So, or maybe it was early seventies. Yeah, it was early seventies, 71. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. But so we, if you can study history and cycles and mix them with philosophy, especially, you know, business philosophy, you can kind of predict the future as a business owner, right? Everything comes in cycles. Everything's pretty damn well predictable. If you look at it, it comes in, you know, different forms and fashions. It may not be the exact same thing, but it all rhymes, right? Yep. So I think we're in for, you know, major, major pullback here soon. So I'm going to, I'm taking chips off the table, put stacking the cash for the crash, waiting for opportunities and seeing where where's the trends right now and uh, i think the trends are going to be affordable housing and rv parks right a lot of a lot of people are getting poor because inflation so they're they're downgrading their standard of living and then your baby boomers that which are ten thousand a day retiring a lot of them are selling off their nice brick on slab house and buying rvs and going rv for the rest of their life and i've 
at firsthand seen this because I, I own an RV and every freaking RV park in the country is full. And it's been like that for about a year and a half, two years now. And then they're booked out a year or two years in advance. So that that's a good trend. And that that's kind of where we're, we're headed with mobile home parks, RV parks. Um, in addition to that, we are looking at acquiring HVAC companies right now as a bolt on business to our real estate company. Cause it's, uh, you know, symbiotic to what we already do. We already spent, I mean, I spend six figures a year in HVAC services with all the properties we have. So we want a business that's going to help serve the overall real estate company that is recession proof to what's coming. Cause I mean, look, let's be real. People are going to pay their AC and heat bill before they pay their mortgage. If shit got really bad. Yeah, especially in the South. Exactly <laughs> where I live, man. It's 105 degrees in South Louisiana right now. As soon as you step outside, within two minutes, you're sweating. So, so you're, you're moving stuff to cash. And you said five to 10 years. Um, anything you're not going to keep that long, right? Um, is that just strictly because of the cash? Or does any of it play into, like, um, even I experienced during uh, COVID times that they weren't doing refinances. Banks might tighten up. Is, is, is that part of the equation that you might just get stuck with not being able to refinance these properties that, or extend your yeah, financing? That's definitely a part of it because the banks would get nervous and seize up like they did in 2008 and like they did in 2020, right? So you want to have some cash on the sideline and people say, well, cash is trash and all that. I mean, look, if you got hundreds of millions of dollars in cash, it might be trash you because you got an abundance of it. But the average millionaire like me and you it doesn't have a hundred million dollars in our checking account, right? No. So to have, you know, say two to five million or five to ten million liquidity in your checking account, and you're losing say seven to eight percent through inflation, which I think is more than that, it's more like freaking 20 percent. I think that's all in propaganda and lies. That's just the cost of opportunity, right? It, to have liquidity, to have dry powder. But when the market pulls back, yeah, the seven to to say 15% in, in inflation that you're losing to having liquidity in cash, you'll make up for it in a deflationary period, which will be coming probably soon. Yeah. And it'll reverse and your dollar will be worth way more and it'll be stretched and go a lot further. So you have to look at it both ways. It's, it's the cost of opportunity to have cash on the sidelines. Because I mean, if things seize up, market pulls back, consumer confidence slows down, goods and services are not transmitted in the economy like they used to and you ain't got no cash because all you did was invest every penny into real estate dude you're gonna be in a bond you're gonna be up shit creek without a paddle like they say here in the south yeah so the hard part i have with it right is uh you know i'm an investor right i want my money working right so i pull my chips off the table it's it's not working and that's actually losing money like you said with the uh the inflation and everything um so and i do agree that i, I pulled some money back too and it actually even helps me sleep at night because <laughs> if stuff happens or um some of my rehabs that are on the go can't go the way they need them to go i have the money to bail them out um but how much cash like do you is there like a, a way to figure this out or just do as much yep. as you can i i, I would say 20 to 30 percent of your net worth yeah i think that, that i think that's pretty uh pretty you know to be well balanced i mean if you got 20 percent, 30 percent of your net like like we're selling four parks right now i own 15 parks right right so i'm selling four of those parks um well this, didn't you just say that like the the mobile home parks are going to be full though so why sell the parks because i don't plan on keeping those you parks right i don't plan and, and they're older parks right and the the market's so hot right now with buyers they'll freaking buy anything right just because they watched the 
real estate seminar and they want to be a real estate investor, they'll, they'll just like go in there and pay the top price. I mean, I got a park I pay, that I'm selling right now in Bonifay, Florida. I paid five seventy five on owner finance. I'm selling for one point two five right now. I've only owned it three years, right? And I and I haven't hardly put any money into it. I think we might have put. I put, uh, well, honestly, I didn't put any of my own money into it besides the down payment. We used the cash flow to rehab it over the past two and a half years. I hadn't really pulled any money out, but it's it's doubled in value, double and a quarter in value, right? So, yeah. but it's an older park. The trailers are from the 80s. It's not the best area, but it's right off of I-10 in, in Florida. It's not the terrible area, but yeah. I don't see myself wanting to keep that park in 10 years. It's going to require a lot. It's going to require $250,000, $300,000 worth of work. So yeah. if I can make, you know, $650,000, $700,000 right now, the value of the $700,000 today is worth more than trying to make $700,000 in cash flow in the next 10 years with me knowing I'm going to have to probably put a quarter of a million dollars into it. Yeah. When I can get a better opportunity, when the market pulls back from somebody that overpaid for something or somebody that's uh, made a bad decision, I can redeploy that into a better, newer asset you know you got to understand like you got to look at the age of everything too um yeah. I, I forget uh guy everybody knows who grant cardone is i was just at the 10x growth con listening to grant he said yeah. something he said it three or four times and it really stuck out i never heard him say that before he said every asset eventually becomes a liability hmm. i had to think about that yeah. for two days straight and so he kept repeating himself and it finally clicked Everybody thinks they're buying assets. No, you're buying an asset now that will eventually be, become a liability. So you need to make sure the cycle of that asset class is in a particular time period where it's still going to be an asset and not be a liability soon because it's old, wore out, and is going to need a lot of capital injected into it to make it an asset again. So if you're holding on to an asset that's old, in my case, this park that's from the 80s, I know that is going to be probably a liability. I'm not going to probably be able to make any money on it for about another four or five years because I know I need to inject another quarter of a million into it. Well, is it really an asset to me right now if I'm having to put a quarter of a million dollars into it over the next two to four years? No, I mean, probably not. Probably <laughs> it's not. It's going to turn into a pain, right? It's going to turn into a pain. But but if I can cash out yeah. and make six hundred fifty, seven hundred thousand now to somebody that's willing to buy it, when will I get another opportunity to sell it at the top of the market cycle like I am now. There may not be another opportunity in my lifetime yeah. based off of, of cycles. Just curious about that. Like when you're structuring that, would you move that seller financing you got when you bought it on to discontinue it? You just cancel them to find their own financing? Yeah. Yeah. I'll cash out my first position lien holder that did owner finance with me and then, yeah, keep the profit. And probably, uh, I may even try to look at doing a 1031 exchange if I can. I doubt I'll do a 1031 exchange. I'd rather just pay the, the taxes, which I usually don't have to pay too much in taxes because we're always buying so much property. So we have a lot of depreciation. So as real estate investors, that's a beautiful thing. I and mean, we can make a bunch of money in real estate and not really, we could either 1031 exchange or we just keep the cash. As long as we keep buying more real estate, the depreciation offsets are capital gains. Interesting. Yeah. And so you, you also, one thing you touched on way back there was the buying HVAC companies. Um, so you are still buying, but it's just maybe not going into the, the same asset class, right? Yep. And yeah. is it yeah, because it's a demand? Like even for me, like I wanted to get a plumber and they told me like, you know, it's going to be like 
eight weeks, right? Like they're, they're ba that backed up here in Canada anyway. Right. Um, so like it, for cosmetic stuff, this doesn't like an emergency. Right. So is, is that the way to go? Like, um, cause I honestly love to, I love to have my money working. Right. But I do, I do understand keeping money on the side too. So is that, that's where you go. Is trades yeah, I, or is it other things as well? No, I, I think service-based business is the wave of the future. I mean, because I mean, look at labor, the shortages of labor. Um, people are getting paid not to work. So that's driving up the demand for labor and service-based business because frankly, nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to work. No. So if you've got a good, solid service company with good employees and you're paying them well, that's going to be super valuable to the economy because you have a business that shows up and does what it says and says what it does. And you can get charge a premium for it. And it's symbiotic to what you're already doing. It feeds off of what you're already doing. I mean, you already got to call a plumber. You already got to call an HVAC company. So why not keep that in-house? You'll save some money by not having to call outsource it. Plus, you can push out to other people in your network. Because, I mean, most real estate investors know a lot of other real estate investors. And we can get them all to use our service. Yeah. I love the idea of it, but I have no idea how you price an HVAC company. Uh, you know if I'm getting ripped off. No, I mean you you can do you can Google it, right? I mean okay, that yeah. HVAC companies are selling like three to five percent yeah. EBITDA on average. I wouldn't pay no more than probably three because I'm an investor and investor, yeah. greedy, greedy, and you know <laughs> if I can't steal and I ain't buying it kind of guy, right? But they got hedge funds going out there buying HVAC companies at a seven you know seven uh, times EBITDA right now, yeah. which is ridiculous because they're just they're looking to place cash right there's so much cash and liquidity in the marketplace but you just got to be smart right you got to be super smart right now like things are kind of wild and crazy um you better figure out you know where you can make money it's getting harder and harder to make money and i think for us as investors if you want to be a true investor you, you got to have the, a predator and shark mentality you, you, if you can't steal it don't buy it right now. You're at the top, top of the market cycle. Do not pay full price for anything right now unless it's a super, super premium property in a premium area that you know the trends are showing you what you pay now. It will definitely be worth more in the future because there's too much demand for the area. That would be the only way I'd pay a, a full price or premium for a property right now is if I know it's going to trend up no matter what the economy does because there's too much demand for that area. You know. Case in point, Florida, right? Certain parts of Florida, you could pay full price, right? I thought I was paying full price for my beach house four and a half years ago. Now it's worth double and a half what I paid for it. I was willing to pay full price at the time because I love the area, I vacation there. And the demand for vacation rentals in that area was so strong, I, I didn't care, right? And I was right. But it's all about the trends, demographics, and, and, uh, you, you got two types of investors. You got the value investor and then you got the trend investor. I'd call somebody like a value investor, be like somebody like Warren Buffett, right? He's he's sitting on $170 billion with a capital right now, right? But then you got other people like Grant Cardone that tells you cash is trash. Don't sit on cash, right? right? So like, who do you listen to, right? Are yeah. they both right or are they both wrong? I think they're both right and they're both wrong, right? There's just two different strategies. One's a value investor. One's a trend investor. Grant Cardone's a trend investor. He invests in areas that he knows for a fact going to go up because there's too much demand. He only buys apartments. I mean, he owns a ton of apartments in uh, the best parts of Florida where everybody's moving. So is he wrong or is he right? I mean, he asked Warren Buffett, he said he's probably wrong. I think, I mean, I think they're both right and they're both wrong. But you look at Warren Buffett, he sent on $170 billion worth of cash. Is he getting eaten up with inflation right now? Sure, he's probably losing. Yeah. 
He's probably losing four or five billion, maybe ten billion dollars in value to his money that he's sitting on because he's sitting on. I'm sorry, he's sitting on 144 billion dollars. So if we do have say eight to ten, which we have more, that's probably like 15 to 20 percent inflation. Dude, he might be losing 25, 30 billion dollars in purchasing power every year, holding on to that. But when the market pulls back, if you got 144 billion dollars in liquidity, you might better turn that into a trillion. Because things are going to pull back and you're going to, but everything's going to be on sale. And that's what he's waiting for. So he's a value investor. And then you got trends investors. I think you need to be a combination of both. And that's what I look at. I, I like to just study people and see like, what are they doing? What is their strategic advantage? And why do they do it? And, and once you know that, you can really, really hone in your strategy and figure out what works for you. Yep. No, I agree. Even with everything, strategies, everything. I don't like to be doing one thing completely. Uh, I want to be like, for me, I'm like flipping, I'm doing burrs, lease options, just lots of different things, you know, diversify yourself. You talked about yeah. Florida. I know when we were talking uh, down in uh, Florida, you're also talking about, you did some short terms in Alabama. Uh, I didn't hear you selling the, the short term ones. Do we, this, if there's a recession or anything, do you think that'll affect vacancy rates or do you think this, this, the Airbnbs will still keep producing? I think Airbnbs will still keep producing because COVID has created this environment where nobody wants to leave the country. Yep. So Airbnbs on the water are crushing it right now. I know, I mean, I own four of them. Every one of them are crushing it, double in rents what they used to do, right? I think it's a combination of people not wanting to go out of the country. Yep. And, um, and now if I say Airbnbs, not, not condos, houses. So that's another strategic advantage. Houses are gonna be more desired because you got your personal space you don't have to share any space when you have condos you you got to rub elbows with a bunch of other people or if you're in a hotel you're rubbing elbows with a bunch of other families houses on the water gotcha houses on the water have a strategic advantage over every other asset class and airbnbs because you have your own your own space when i started investing in the u.s i did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that glensutherland.com slash coaching a 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over zoom from the comfort of your own home classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions shortcut the process make fewer mistakes curriculum available at glensutherland.com slash coaching <laughs> it just made me think about cape coral again with like that whole city's on water, right? <laughs> like, you know, compared yeah. to like most places, you're just going for ocean or some lakes. or whatever. That's a great place to invest. As a matter of fact, we just started investing out there. We just started sending out a bunch of, um, a bunch of direct mail out there to, to start buying deals. I mean, just got to be strategic, guys. Like, just look at where, where's, where can you cheat legally, morally, and ethically? Business is war. If you hadn't figured that out yet, you don't need to be in business. I think we talked about a lot. I think, um, I think we, I'm, I'm assuming you have a lot of Canadian people that watch this. Um, yeah, probably 80%. Yeah. 80%. Uh, my advice to you Canadians is that um, you better figure out a second strategy besides Canada. Um, that, that freaking, uh, let's just call it like I see it, that freaking low life of a communist dictator Trudeau y'all have over there is literally destroying the entrepreneurial spirit and destroying productivity and doing whatever he can to usurp power and destroy your freedom and rights. So with that said, 
I think what you're doing as a Canadian investor investing in the U.S. gives so much value to you Canadians because the U.S. is the last beacon of hope and freedom. I would figure out, especially if you're an entrepreneur, I mean, if you're drinking the communist Kool-Aid, then, you know, I don't have any hope for you. You just need to keep drinking that and just thinking everything's going to be great and your life's going to be, have a, a great socialist utopian lifestyle, which, which, which you'll be surprised what's going to happen probably in the next two to four years. You're to wake up to no rights and, you know, getting a, a COVID jab every other month and uh, living in a prison, right? Called your job. I would follow the Canadian investor and start investing in the U.S. I'd get a dual citizenship and I would become an, an entrepreneur entrepreneurship is what's going to say so sorry about that my dog no, no problem i got a dog too. waiting for my dog to get fired up <laughs> so i hope i wasn't too uh yeah you know, no politically. It, I, and it's, I think that there's more and more people realizing the advantages right um we went to that conference and there were several i won't do name drops but there are several guys that were known in canada for being like the guys doing like, you know, the 200 flips a year, right? And they're down there now. They're buying in Florida. Um, they're buying They're buying all over the place. Everyone has their different stick where they like, right? Um, but it's it's a trend, right? Even you, you, you just start watching. If you, like if you're Canadian listening to this, listen to the other podcasts from Canada and you'll hear it. There, there is a lot of people going to invest in the United States and there's a lot of advantages. Um, and I know Chris knows the same thing. It's it's um, and going to the U.S. as a general isn't isn't a good enough answer. There are states that work much better than other states. Um, there's certain Absolutely. places you don't want to be doing your rentals uh, for uh, for tenants or tenancy rentals because they're just you you're not going to be able to get these people out. Um, but the same thing in Canada, right? You can't get the people out if they don't stop paying as well. But so pick a place that makes sense. Still, <laughs> you're going to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> red states. Let's just call it what it is. Red, red, fiscally conservative red states. Anything in the south would be uh, do good. I mean, there's a few states in the north. I just bought two mobile home parks in Indiana, but it's a red state. It's more, it's more fiscally and socially conservative. I would not be buying in New York or California. I mean, first of all, it doesn't make any sense because everything's overpriced and can't even make anything cash flow. And you have no rights as a landlord. All the rights go to the tenants, and they'll bankrupt you in a heartbeat and they don't care and they won't think twice about it. So you got to be smart, guys. We live in some politically unstable times. History tells us that um, we're due for some politically unstable times because we've had such good times for the past, you know, 60 to 50 years, right? So that's just what the cycles tell us. Not because I say so, because just study history. I think we're in for some turbulent times. You better be very intentional and think about what you do before you do it and start thinking about the second and third order consequences of every decision you make. And um, I think you'll, you'll be, you'll be made whole. If you, if you do, you better think five, 10 years out. I think you wrapped it up perfectly there. Uh, Chris, if people want to get a hold of you. Uh, what's the best way to find you? I'd follow me on uh, Facebook at Chris Root Entrepreneur, my business page. I do a lot of free content, Facebook's live, talking stuff like this. Uh, Instagram, I do a lot of content on Instagram at Real Estate Rude. Um, I have a free book you can pick up if you want a free source on how to find deals, the source of the deal.com free ebook. And if you want to maybe get hooked up and just DM me on Facebook or, uh, or social media, my, my personal Facebook page is full. Just press the like button. And uh, I got a website, you can go to chrisroot.com or just inbox me. 
maybe come out to one of my masterminds, get some coaching. I'm, you know, I might even have you come speak in one of my masterminds as a, as a Canadian and trying to invest in the U.S. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't haven't been down to Louisiana since February. <laughs> but awesome. you're 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 more mid mid Louisiana. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, dude. It was a good time.